You are freer than you think. It's like the ultimate form of freedom. You expound upon that freedom to develop on this planet. True freedom comes from within. It's the ability. Thinking to myself, I can help you or I can destroy you. Man is a two-time felon. I work really hard and I've been, a, I've been a life learner. When things are feeling tough, let yourself be surprised. The world favors risk-taking. Welcome. 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 To the Freedom Pact. Welcome back to the Freedom Pact podcast and today on the show, what a guest I have for you today. Some may say the greatest of all time is GSP George St. Pierre. He's a Canadian professional mixed martial artist and UFC world champion. He retired from the sport originally in 2013 holding the record for most UFC wins in title bouts and then returned to the octagon after a four-year layoff in 2017 where he defeated the champion Michael Bispin to win the UFC middleweight championship title. Today on the show, me and George talk about his battle with insomnia and how the work of Dr. Matthew Walker helped him overcome it. We also talk about George's other health habits as he talks us through his daily habits and the areas of his health that he is most conscious of and continues to work on and shares some of his tips with us. We also talk about the mindset behind his absolutely phenomenal Hall of Fame career, his journey, how he made it from just a student to becoming the GOAT, the greatest of all time. He also shares the phenomenal story of when he came face to face with his childhood bully. This is honestly one of the best episodes we've ever brought you and I'm really excited to share it with you. So let's jump into the episode with GSP, George St. Pierre. Okay, George, welcome to the Freedom Pack podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very happy to be here. So Yourself and I, we got talking over our shared love of the work of Matthew Walker and his sleep research. You mentioned to me that you'd struggled with insomnia. That's something I didn't know about yourself. How long had you been dealing with that? Something you dealt with your entire career or? My entire life. Wow. Yeah, since I'm a kid, I, um, for many reasons, I guess, maybe the problem of anxiety, problem that I, I might be someone who tried to, I live, maybe I, I tried to, I live too much in the future. I'm trying to plan things too much ahead of time. So I'm making so much scenario in my mind and I, I, I want everything to be prepared and focusing, focusing probably too much on things that I do not control instead of just focus on things that I do have the control on. So it could be psychological as well. <laughs> in especially in a sport like yours, that surprises me because you know you were at the top of your game. Some people consider you the goat. In in that sport, you need every edge you can get. And I hear a lot of the the guys in the UFC and in combat sports all talking about how religious they are with their sleep. Did you feel that affected your performance or or, or the way you could train at all throughout your career? Absolutely. I believe it, it, it affects me in a negative way in a way. 
because I am, the reason why I, I, I'm like this is because in, in my sport, it's very important to be prepared. In order to be prepared, you need to know yourself and know who you're going up against. And uh, if you can predict, it's like a little bit of a chess game. If you can predict what your opponent's going to do and prepare yourself to react faster than he does, you have an edge. So it's like you, you're starting the race, but with a, with, with a head start. So that's why the problem that I have with overthinking, that's where it, it comes from. Uh, I've always been like this. Maybe it's an obsessive-compulsive uh, nature. But um, the good news is when I read the, the book of Matthew Walker and I, um, and I listen to a lot of his podcasts and talks, he, he gives a lot of insight and a lot of tricks that help me a lot. Unfortunately, I, 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 I took a, I take a look at it too late in my career. I just wish I would have knew this before. Perhaps it would have made my life much better and much easier. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's a testament to yourself because, you know, you, you mentioned you're in a sport where reactions are so important. I think in, in the book, Matthew Walker says that, you know, a bad night's sleep drops your cognitive performance by something like 33%. So in a sport like yours, that margin is massive, man. I, uh, I believe that, you know, in, in sport, you, there's a saying that there's no such thing as overtraining. It's only under rest. And that applied to me a lot in my career. Um, it's not that I was overtraining. Maybe sometimes I did too much volume, but I believe I didn't rest enough. And, and, and um, it's physical sometimes, but it, it's also psychological. Um, I can stay in bed, maybe I can try to stay in bed for 10 hours, but if you only sleep five hours during the 10 hours that you're in bed, it's not, a, it's not good at all, you know? And uh, Matthew Walker, he talks a lot of, he gives a lot of good tricks that helped me a lot uh, quite recently, like uh, lower the temperature in your house. Uh, that's one thing that really, for me, made a big difference. Uh, it talks about uh, try to not eat too much carbs and, and uh, sugar uh, before going in bed. Uh, I, I, also, he talks about um, that's one thing that a lot of people do, and I did a lot before. I, I, uh, he make an analogy saying that when, when you're going to eat, when, you, you're not staying in, in, in at the table waiting to be hungry. Why would you stay in your bed waiting to be to fall asleep? And that's one of the mistakes I believe I did a lot. I was staying in bed because it's time to sleep, but I was not tired. So what I do is I watch the TV, the light of the TV. It's very bad for you, like, like, like he says too. And now, you know, I go in bed when I'm tired. Uh, when I watch TV, I don't do it. I try to not do it in my bedroom. I try to do it in the living room, you know, and try to lo lower the light. Um, also, if you feel like you can't sleep or you wake up in the middle of the night, a lot of the tricks that he gives in his book is like take a cold shower or before you go in bed, take a hot bath. I like it so much that, you know what I did at home? I, I have a, a, a jacuzzi, a very hot jacuzzi and a cold tub right next to it. So I, I, I bought that and I installed that system in my backyard just because of, of that. And it helped me a lot to relax my body, you know, to, to, to sleep. 
Wow, that's amazing. I mean, you talk about anxiety and overthinking, um, keep it, keeping people up at night. That happens to everyone. But, you know, I, from watching a lot of uh, interviews in the world of MMA and combat sports, a lot of people talk about that last sleep before fight day, that it is horrible. You, you can't sleep. Your mind's racing. And I imagine for you, someone suffering with insomnia, what were those nights like before a big fight? Uh, it's terrible. Uh, you know, I, I, I've seen a lot of sport psychologists and they always told me, oh, I try to only focus on things that you control. Stop thinking about things that you don't control because I, I'm, I told them that I have a hard time sleeping. And they keep saying to me, oh, stop. You know, I, I tell them, I'm like, I'm afraid. That's why I'm, I'm thinking because I'm afraid. And they're like, George, stop saying you're, you're afraid. You're excited. You're not afraid. And I'm thinking, I'm like, this does not apply here. I'm excited if it's minus 15 degree in Montreal and I know I'm going on vacation next week at the beach. I'm excited if I, you know, I, I fasted for three days and then I'm, I'm about to eat my favorite dish. I'm not excited to go fight in a cage and risk my life and well-being. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I realized that it's normal to be, to be afraid. And I'm not afraid to, to admit that I'm afraid. And it just... With the experience, it made me realize that because when I was young, I thought that this stress will go away and I will be able to fall asleep better with, with, without, with not thinking that much about it. But I realized that it's just a normal thing. It's a, it's a normal process to go through. Before a fight, you're risking your life out there. For me personally, a lot of fighters might react differently than mine, than me, but for me, I'm, 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 I'm thinking of all the possible scenario in my mind. And sometimes sometime it, it's finishing, it finished well, and sometimes it does not finish well. But when it does, it finish on a negative note, I try to, to make sure that I finish my thought process of how I'm going to turn the situation to my advantage and finishing on a good note. Never finish on a bad note. And it, it's, it's called visualization, positive visualization. And that's what helped me to feel better and, and, and fall asleep after that. Amazing, man. I mean, we, we talked about sleep. That's clearly something you're very health conscious about. You mentioned your jacuzzi. You, you've invested in, in this better sleep movement. What are some it, of the it, other it, areas? It, oh, carry it, on. It's it, it, it always been my, my, my Achilles, you know, my, my, my weak point. Uh, that when, I'm, when I'm anxious, I can't sleep well. You know, if I, if I could... That's one thing in my life that would make my life so much better. If I could turn the switch off like this. I have some friends, some training partner, they, they sleep like while they're sitting down. You, you leave them alone for 15 minutes, you come back, they're like... <laughs> like my, my coach, John Donar, he's, he's a legend in, in, in the grappling world. Like, he sleep like this. I'm like, man, how do you do this? Could you, could you give me some of your skill a little bit? You know, like I, I would love to have that, that in, in, my, in me. But I don't. Uh, like it's, it just, and when I take the plane, I'm afraid on the plane. I never sleep almost in the plane, you know? Like, like it would make my life so much easier. And, and like my two walker says, sleeping, it's really like a superpower, you know? It's transform your life, your recuperation, your testosterone level. Uh, I remember one of his TED Talks, he talks about the, the balls, you know, people that sleep more, that have bigger balls, and it, it, you know? Right away, it gets a man attention when you hear that, like, what, you know? And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's something that is, uh, it's the most important thing, you know? That 
it has to, to do with recuperation, uh, testosterone level, power, muscle mass, everything that, that, uh, that an athlete needs to perform. Yeah, you, you're clearly very health conscious. I mean, if, if anyone looks at your, your Instagram, you, you know, you're, you're always talk, uh, sharing your training techniques, your nutrition. I mean, you're in phenomenal shape. Um, I think you, you posted a picture the other day on Instagram and I, I couldn't believe the shape you were in, man. You're looking great. And, you know, it makes me wonder, apart from sleep, what other areas of health are you really conscious in? Is it maybe, you know, you mentioned fasting, is it diet, is it uh, meditation? What other areas do you try to focus on in your life? I eat pretty much everything I want. I, I, I was diagnosed um, uh, with uh, ulcer colitis uh, about two years ago. I had very severe, when I, when I, my last fight, when I fought, I, I was fighting in the, I was trying to fight in the, to fight for a title in the division, heavier division that I normally compete at. So the mistake I did is I tried to put on weight by eating more with the diet. I, I put on a little bit of weight, but I felt that that makes me more like, the weight that I put on was not natural. It felt more like a water retention, so to speak. And it got me very sick. And I, with the stress, the anxiety, plus overfeeding myself, I think I, I, it's one of the major reasons why I, I developed that condition called ulcer colitis. So, when I, after my fight, uh, I tried to research how people who has the same condition as me, how, what did they do to overcome that situa situation? And, and that's when I, disco I discovered fasting. Mm -hmm. There's different ways to do it. Uh, the way I do it personally, I like to do prolonged fasting. Three days uh, water fast. I do it four times a year. And I, I had the opportunity to meet uh, Dr. Jason Fong uh, in person. So he helped me, gave me a program how I could do it while, uh, while training and, and, wow. and performing at my best. And I do, I do it four times a year, uh, uh, prolonged fasting, three days water fast. And I also uh, do every day. I try to do it. Not every, like, I'm not religiously on it. You know, sometimes I can go over but I try to do 16, eight. So I, I feed myself, all my calories are in a, in a window of eight hours during the day. And with just with this, I add amazing results. I don't have any symptoms of my ulcer colitis. And this is a condition you're supposed to have for the rest of your life. I have zero, I don't need medication anymore. And also I try to eat uh, fermented food for my, my the gut microbiome. And uh, all that, the fasting with the fermented food, I try to get some collagen, collagen uh, as well. It kind of, uh, I mean, I can't, I can't say that for sure now, but I'm, I'm very curious. I'm going to have another colonoscopy to see what is the situation now. But I won't be surprised if my ulcer colitis kind of disappear because I don't really feel it any, right now. And, and I'm medication free. Wow. I mean, you mentioned um, water fat. I like. I've heard a lot about fasting and, and people talking about the benefits together. I've never heard someone mention a water fast. Now, I I don't want to recommend that to anyone because obviously people should seek a doctor first if anyone's listening now. But I agree. So, just from me to you, what benefits do you personally seem to get out of doing that four times a year? Yeah, uh, for me, it's a little bit like a, I would say, so, sort of a, of a detox, and it. 
it, it really changed my 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 physique when I, when I do it I feel like I have uh, I, I it's kind of a detox like like it flush out all the the extra water retention that I have and, and you know all the inflammation like when I when I feel little bruises when I do that three, three days water fast it, it, it right away it feels so much better and it's very strange for me because when I first hear hear the idea of fasting, I come from, like, I'm an athlete. I come from the, the same uh, culture background that, oh, you should have a protein shake after training and this and that, more protein, more this. Very, uh, focus very on, the, on the, the, the consumption of things. And fasting was completely the opposite. But I just wish that I would knew that before. Like, a little bit. Like, like this is something that really changed my life. Uh, in, in a positive way for me personally I can't recommend it because everybody has a different genetics and, and like a condition but for me it really helped me perform better sleep better and feel better in my own skin and, and um, I even made a test I went to a, an uh, exoscan and McGill University right after my fight with Michael Bisping when I when I was trying to put on weight and two months after I start my, uh, after my, my water, my, my water fast and my intermittent fasting. And what I noticed for me personally, and I kept the same training regimen, the same lifestyle, everything, except I was just practicing uh, fasting. What I noticed is that my, my muscle mass increase, uh, my bone density increased a little bit. I lost a lot, a lot of water retention and a little bit of fat. So even though my 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 weight, my weight on the scale, I was heavier when I when I was do, training for Bisping fight for, for my after my fight with Michael Bisping, it was not like uh, it was kind kind of an extra weight that I was carrying, like a bag you carry on your shoulder, so to speak. So, so I really liked all, I, I liked much more the, the physique that I had after, when, after my, my, my fasting period because it, it's much more healthier and, and performance-wise, it's much better. So that's how my body reacted to me uh, personally. Uh, everybody is different, but to me, it had a, 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 a huge positive effect on, on my life and on my, my well-being. Mm. I wonder as well, for you personally, are there any food groups you try and stay away from as much as possible? I know a lot of people at the moment, um, there's a lot of talk with red meat, for example. People are trying to cut back on the amount of red meat they're eating because it's highly carcinogenic and can affect multiple health factors. But for you personally, is there any food group you try and or you're trying to cut, cut back on or, or any you're trying to bring more of into your life? Well, that, that's maybe my next step that, that in terms of well-being that I can that I can improve on because I, I don't eat very well. I eat a lot of sugar, a lot of chocolate, a lot of you know. I, I eat everything. I'm a you know. I, I don't have any restriction in terms of diet, and uh, well, I, I feel I just feel great, and I want to be happy in life. And if you cut if you cut the sugar and all the chocolate, which I really love. It will take away some of the pleasure in life that I really enjoyed. So right now I, I just feel great, and I and I love the life that I that I have, the physique, and, and I feel good in my own skin. 
So I don't feel the necessity right now to cut that off and change my diet. But I, I you know, for sure it could be improved. I'm sure that'll fill people with a lot of optimism to know that uh, the UFC goat likes to eat his chocolate and sweets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, we, we talk about sleeping uh, also. Um, an- another thing that regarding Matthew Walker, like, like he was talking about, it's uh, sleep paralysis. Hmm. One of the things that I had when I was young, it's, um, well, it, it's all the, if, if I took all the, char- the, the, what happened to me, the, 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 characteristic, the characteristic of how I describe it is sleep paralysis. And I think that's one of the reasons why, why I couldn't sleep at night very well, because I, I, I had that. And you have sometimes the, the impression that you're, you're awake, but you're sleeping in the same time. And then like the guardian of your brain is not there. So you can't differentiate what is real and what is not. And, and you know, and that's one of the things I read also about the Matthew Walker's book, you know. That must have been quite so sleep paralysis. That is quite scary. I've heard a lot of people talk about that. So that's something you had from a young age. So I, I, from what I understand, it's like you're almost sometimes you can be having a dream, but you, you're almost feels like it's real, right? Yes, yes, exactly. And it's traumatic. Sometimes you can have a traumatic experience because you feel you cannot sleep, mm. you cannot move, and stuff like that. And and uh, that's one of the things too that 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 happened to me that's maybe why my angst that, that's where my anxiety come from and my could be the that's when the whole thing start because i remember it started in a very young age you know that's that line i mean especially in the if sport, i would have like... ever have a chance to meet uh, matthew walker in person that's one of the subject i would address to know more about that because it's mm. a it's a very interesting thing that, that that i know a lot of people have and it's very uh, kind of misunderstand because we don't really know how the brain works right and I know he does a lot of study on this, and I would like to know his take on the deep, more deep, deeper on the subject. Have you ever reached out to Matthew Walker? I never did. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of him, but I, I sometimes I feel a little bit intimidated when wow. I talk to people like this. They they're so smart and educated. I feel like I'm if I'm talking to him, I make him waste his, his, his time. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh man i'm sure you would be fascinated to work with you um it's interesting you know all this mentality we're talking about anything going on in the mind sleep you know a sport like yours people you know people know you have to be physically strong you have to be physically skilled but how much of a mental game is mixed martial arts like i imagine you have to be mentally strong right you have to be mentally strong a lot of Especially the new generation now. You see, you see in the gym now. There's this new trend now, especially with social media and, and you know, because people see only the one that made it. You know, they have the money, the fame, and everything. Maybe that's one on a hundred thousand. You know, and sometimes you see some of the, you know, some of the parents. They come to me. They say, "Hey, this is my kid." Uh, He's the future world champion. What advice would, would you give him? And I tell them, I said, go to school and educate yourself. That's the number one priority for you. For you. And the parents are looking at me. I'm like, and I'm like, what do you guys think? You think I'm going to tell your kid to follow the same path that I did? You know, 
Hell no, it's one on, on uh, maybe a hundred thousand. And it's same same thing on, on baseball, hockey, football. It's the same thing. You have to rely on education. What happens if you get hurt crossing the street, you get hit by a car, boom, you're finished, you're done, finish. And if you try to make it in the sport and you, you, you invest yourself 100% to it, nothing, and then you, you don't make it, then you're too old to, you don't have nothing that you can fall back into, you know, if you don't have the education. It's not because I made it that I will tell your kid to do the same, the same thing. And for me, I start like it was a passion in the beginning, you know, and I went to school. I, I, I've studied, but I was lost. I didn't know what to do. I, I stay in school. I, I love, I was studying in kinesiology and, and, and aeronautics, but I didn't really like it. And my passion took over. But, you know, if, if, if fighting would not have worked, I could have fall back into something else because I, I had the background, you know, like I, I but I see a lot of people. They start their career, it's like a new trend. They, they, they imagine themselves, they're going to they're gonna have a gla glamour life with a lot of money. It doesn't work like that. It takes years and years and years and years to achieve it. And even if you go to the UFC and, and the biggest organization and you become champion, it does not mean that you will have enough resources and money to live the, the rest of your life. It's only one on a hundred thousand that that makes it. You know, I'm very lucky. You know, to that I've made made it. But it's not because I made it. I will tell your kid to follow my path and to 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 put all your effort and 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 focus on that. You know, mm -hmm. stay educated and be be good at school. That's my number one uh, uh, advice I give the the new generation. I love that man because. With your career, what I really admire is, is, for any boxing fans listening, it reminds me of Andre Ward, the boxer. He went out at the top of his game. Still young, everyone was saying, you need to carry on, you need to, you need to go up the weight, you need to fight for the And he said, look, he said, I achieved everything I set out to achieve. I want to get out of this sport before he retires me. Now, you same for yourself. You, you had that four-year layoff, you came back, you beat Michael Bispin. You were at the top of your game and you, you left. You know, you were at the t there was nothing left for you to achieve. Now, we see a lot these days, and it's quite sad to see sometimes, you, you know, you see these fighters or boxers fighting deep into their 50s, man. And oh, it's crazy. It, it, we see it too often. And unfortunately, it's the, it's the, sad, the sad truth of, of, of a combat sport. Because the last person to know when the, the career of a, of a fighter is over is the fighter itself. And even myself, I, I still, when I go to the gym, now I can't do it because it's COVID and we have restriction. But when I used to go in the gym, I still get it. You know, all the, the young up-and-comer, bing, bang, bang, I, I still get it. I, you know, I, I feel like I can go back and fight. But at what cost? It's only the fight, the preparation, the blows to the head. I'm very healthy now. I'm lucky. I don't know if I will remain healthy because we cannot predict the future. With, because of the, 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 the damage that I took in my career, we cannot predict it, but I feel good, you know, to compare with other guys, I feel very good. I passed many tests and it's all good so far, you know, uh, I'm, I'm healthy, I'm wealthy. So yeah, there is always more thing that I could achieve in the sport, but it's always a compromise. What, what cost, what risk would you do it? And one thing that I would never do is to sacrifice my health for my performance. 
That's why I never use uh, performance enhancing drugs, steroids, and stuff like that. And I will not do it. I come back if it's not worth it. You know what I mean? I will. I would not do that to just be champion again. You know, it would need to be something. And 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 I don't think I will do it now. It's pretty much uh, a no-no right now. No, I I th- yeah, I love that man. I love that because it feels like in especially in the UFC every other week someone wins, and I see on Twitter. Oh, we need George St. Pierre to come back and fight Habib Nurmagomedov. Every other day, there's someone else they want you to fight, man. But, you know, it's like, you know, you got out on the top and it's like a few weeks back, we saw Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. I didn't want to see that. You know, I, I didn't want to see that. Do you think that, you know, these guys need to start maybe walking away a little bit earlier before the sport forces them to? Well, it's different reason why people will, will fight. I mean, if you talk about Khabib, we tried to organize a fight with Khabib before I retired. We were in, in talks. Uh, Khabib's won it. I won it. But the UFC did not want it. They said they had other plan. And like everybody else, when Khabib fight uh, his last fight against Justin Gaethje, I was doing the French broadcast. I, I thought... He was going to call me out and we would, it would make the, the UFC, it would pressure the UFC to organize that fight, but he, he retired. So now it's really out of the picture. And the reason why a lot of fighters, like you see Mike Tyson and, and um, you know, Dwight Jones comebacks, you know, if you fight because you want to fight, because, it, it, you know, if you want to do it for the personal reasons, for example, for them, I would not agree for them to fight if it's because they want to be champion again, because I don't think it's really humanly possible. Well, I say that, but George Foreman came back and shocked the world when he knocked out, uh, uh, who was it? Uh, but, but you know what I mean? So nothing is impossible, but, but I mean, in terms of health, if two, if two guys that are veteran, they want to make a, an novelty fight for themselves to enjoy because they, they need that feeling of, of the rush, you know, that is undescribable. Fine, it's all good. But why would a veteran will come back and try to be champion again when we all know it's almost impossible? You know, fight guys like, for example, Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, and all these guys, I don't think it would be smart. Uh, and I don't think we, they should do that. But if they both agree to make a novelty fight, why not? I mean... It's all good for them. If that's what they do best in their life and they want to keep doing, they want to do other, yeah, they want to do it, no problem. You know what I mean? The, the problem is sometimes guys are delusional. They, they, they surround themselves with, a lot of people surround themselves in, in the fighting uh, game with a lot of yes men because it's a very, very egotistic sport. And when you fight, a lot of people gain from it because you're, your coaches, your agent, everybody get a percentage of money. So their interest is for you to go back in the ring or in the cage to fight. So you, you're, you're delusional because everybody tell you how good you are and everybody love you, how good, how much you're going to kick ass. So you start to believe it and you believe it, but it's, it's not the reality. So that's why a lot of people, they got cut with that. I'm very lucky because I have a very good entourage. Not that I'm smarter than anybody else. I just have a very good entourage and good group of friends. I have the same friend 
a lot of my friends that I have right now, they're the same friend I used to have when I was broken and I had no money, nothing. They're my same friend. And they're not afraid to tell me the truth. They say, George, even for Michael Bisping, even when I tried to come back for Michael Bisping, a lot of them, they told me, say, why the hell you want to go back? I just did not feel at peace. I felt that if I would have stopped after Hendrix, I didn't feel good. For, I, I didn't want to have regret to, 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 to be uh, 85 years old and thinking, shit, man, I should have done it. I could have done it and I did not took the opportunity. Now I'm in peace. Khabib fight did not happen, but so what? I'm in peace. I did my, the best thing, the comeback that I wanted, and, and I'm in peace right now with myself. But a lot of guys, they, that's what happened in their mind. That's how the mind of a fighter works with the entourage, they, they, you're a competitor by nature. An alpha male, you want to, to be more, 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 more. You're a conqueror. You want to, to gain more. You just need to take that mentality and put it into something else. Take that, that, that obsession that you have and find some, something else. Another goal. Another goal to reach. And that's what I, I do. So interesting. You talk about mentality. I wonder... For yourself, you've probably been in many gyms throughout your lifetime. You've seen many guys on the mat. You've seen guys who have made it to the top. And like you said, you could see a thousand guys. Maybe one will make it to the elite. What did you notice in mentality that separated the guys who didn't make it to the guys that did make it? Well, first, we're all born, I believe we're all born like people say everybody's equal, but it's a little bit of bullshit. Uh, I mean, you, you're born with a pre, certain predisposition. I believe if I would have trained as much as Usain Bolt, I would have run as much as that. I would never be as good as he is. And vice versa in fighting. I think there is there is specific thing that you're very good at, that if you work on it, you, you could be among, among the best. Fighting was one of my thing. Maybe because I was, I was lucky to not be born with certain handicap, you know, and I, had a, I was lucky enough to meet the right person at the right time and everything, it was a question of timing. Maybe if one of those person w- would not have been there, I w- would not influence me in a way that I would have, you know, made, made it, you know, who knows, it's impossible to tell But one thing that I can tell you for sure that is common to every champion in sport of uh, mixed martial art, because I gravitate into all my life, is when you're training in mixed martial art, you should never, you should not be afraid to get out of your comfort zone to learn. If you stay in your comfort zone, you'll be a big fish in a small aquarium. You want to be a big fish in the ocean. And for me, when I start, um, I remember when I, when I, when I started my, my professional career, there were a lot of guys that were just as good and maybe better than, than I was. However, I surpassed them because I went to New York. You know, I went to Los Angeles. I went to Thailand. I went to Brazil, training different places and it's not fun at first it's very intimidating to 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 go in 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 a martial art gym that you never been before because it's it's a contact sport everybody is looking at you and everybody wants to challenge you and it's a very uncomfortable uncomfortable feeling 
because you know guys they're gonna try to hurt you they're gonna try to test your will you might be humiliated you might get hurt but it's hard it's like a, it's it's worse than a fight sometimes and i was and i was willing to do it i was afraid but i was willing to do it even though i didn't have money i took my car i drove to new york not even knowing if i couldn't make it on the way back because my car was was so badly in bad condition I didn't have the money. I couldn't speak English at the time. I was speaking more Spanish. I lost myself in the Bronx. I was like, hey, por favor, donde esta Manhattan? They were like telling me the direction. But I did the sacrifice and I made it. I got out of my comfort zone. A lot of the guys, they want to remain in their comfort zone. So the, during the training, it's a grind. You, it's, there's no glamour, glamour to it, especially in the beginning. It's act. Hell of a grind, and you're gonna you're gonna face many 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 obstacles, and you you're gonna fail so many times. You're gonna get your ass kicked so many times. You're gonna be humiliated so many times, and it hurts. It really hurts. You know, you're gonna question yourself so many times. Like, hey, am I am I made for this? Am I am I good enough to to reach the goal that I want to reach? And, and you have to push through it and believe in your dream and hold on to it and that's the people that will make it so that, that's interesting because you know if you a lot of us as fans we watch the ufc we see we see george st pierre lifting the title and we think oh that would be cool i'd like to do that but you know would i like to wake up early in the morning when it's cold it's wet it's miserable you got to go to the gym you got to train what was it like on those mornings where you just didn't want to get out of bed that go you to the tra- the guy to training day after day after day, man. Oh, it's a listen. It, 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 now people they only see the gla- the glamour part of it. It's very nice. It it seems very appealing for people mm. now. They see me with the belt, the money, the this, the VIP treatment, that that. That they don't know what I've been through. Mm. They don't know that uh, when I was like seventeen years old, I had three jobs. Eight, eight, 18 years old. Sorry, I had three jobs. I was garbage man. I was studying in kinesiology. I was working with a, 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 a governmental program of the delinquent teenager. And I was do, doing security in, night, in a hip hop nightclub at night. They don't know that about me. And I was broke. And all the money, all the reserve of the money that I gained, I invested on myself. I did not invest it on jewelry, uh, cars, and, and bling bling to show off people that have money. I invested on myself, you know, invested on, on massage, therapy, trip to New York to learn new jiu-jitsu skill, training with the best guy of jiu-jitsu, trip to Brazil, trip to, to Thailand, to, to, trip to Los Angeles, trip to, to, to acquire more knowledge. But a lot of guys, they make the mistake that they don't invest on, on themselves. They, they invest on, on jewelry, on cars to look good. You know what I mean? It's it, it it's not how you look during the training. It's how you look during the fight, you know. And and my my goal, I made a plan, and and I, I wanted to be good at the end of it. You know, it was I knew it, I was I knew it was a lot of sacrifice to make in the beginning, to a lot of suffering and 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 and, and stuff like that. It was not a glamour uh, uh, life in the beginning, but I I knew where I was going, and I had I had a vision, and I really believe in it now 
you saw a lot of success in the UFC, but there were two occasions where you suffered a loss, but you made sure to come back and you avenged those losses. Now, what did that take mentally? And what advice would you give to people who have suffered a loss in their life and they just, they haven't bounced back yet? Well, they, they, there's two ways to suffer a loss. Like, I mean, some guys, they, you, you never fight the same fighter twice. There's the, this, this saying we say in, in fight, because every fight regarding if you lose or win or what happened in the fight, it leaves a permanent scar. It could be a physical scar, but it's also a mental scar. Confidence for a fighter is everything. My coaches, John Danari, told me, he said, a fighter with skills, but no confidence. It's like someone who has a lot of money in their bank account, but no way to accessing it. And a guy who has a lot of confidence, but no skills, he's like, he has a, a, a card to go to the ATM, but he's no he's zero money in his account. So you need both. You need the confidence and the skills. And that's when the magic happens. And sometimes when a fighters have a, a loss or a, a dramatic a traumatic experience during a fight, he got dropped or, or something happened. It could be in training as well, you know? It leaves a scar. Uh, for me, I was aware of it. And um, the, what you need to do to overcome a loss, you need to identify the reason why you lose. It doesn't matter if it's real or not. You need to just believe. And if you believe that those are the reason why you lost and that's what you believe, you make sure you don't ever make the same mistake again. So that's mean that you might lose again, but never for the same mistake that you just did. And you have to see your, your, your career not as a sprint, as a marathon. So at least if you, if you figure out something, that's mean you get better, you know? So every loss that I had, I figure out why I lost. Maybe it's not exactly, maybe, maybe I, don't, I did not really pinpoint the problem, but I believe that I did. That's all it matter if you believe in it. It's like you're reborn into a new, a new person, more positive. You need to identify what you did and how you overcome it, and then you get better. That's how it happened. That's how I made it. Was there a specific fight in your career that you personally think that you learned the most from? Yes. My two losses, and especially my second one. And I'm going to explain. My first losses, I was fighting Matt Hughes, who's, who was like a legend in the sport. I was going into that fight not to win. I was going to, into that fight not losing because I didn't really believe in my chance. Yeah. Then after when I lost the fight, I look at the fight and I realized I was doing pretty well. And I was thinking, I was like, man, I could have beat that guy. That's why when I fought him the second and third time, I crushed him because I, I was a different person, not only physically, but mentally. Then I, then I became champion. When I beat Matthews, I was like the new kids on the block. Everybody told me how good I was. And I start to believe my own height. I really believe I was, I never been rugged before that. I never got hurt. So I, I start to think that I was invincible. And all these things start to get into my head. Uh, oh, I'm the new thing. Even Dana White was like, hey, you're my, you're my hit man. So I start to believe in it. And then I was fighting a guy, Matt Serra, 
who barely made it. Uh, barely wins the the, the uh, Ultimate Fighter uh, final fight. He won in the, in a split decision, I believe. So I didn't really see him as a threat. So I remember when I fought him, you know, mentally, I felt like it's probably the only night that I sleep well before a fight. It's my fight with Matsura, my first fight with Matsura. I slept kind of well the night before the fight. And I lost that fight by TKO. And I remember thinking, I'm like, man, I'm never going to make the same mistake again. When I fought Matsura, he cut, he cut me with a looping punch right behind the hair. And I got dizzy. But... I, I always thought that I was that it was impossible for me to get knocked out, that I was kind of invincible. So I tried to give him back right away, you know, to get back into a slug fest right away, which is a crazy mistake. When you get rocked, you need to recompose to recuperate. But I did not. I wanted to keep going and, and give it back to him. I got emotional and I lost. I got I got punched many times. I had to tap out. I lost. I tap out because I didn't want. People, they blame me because, oh, he's not a real fighter. He tap out on strike. A lot of fighters said that about me. But I don't think it's a bad thing. I tap out because I, I, I can't, I'm, an, I'm a grown man. I can admit when I'm beaten. And then I didn't want to take unnecessary uh, brain damage. So I tap out. You win this one. Maybe next time it will be my turn, you know. So if I would not have done that, maybe I would have cerebral damage that will not allow me to come back as good for the, the next time. So, so what I did is after my, 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 my fight with Sarah, I, I identified the, the problem where I lost. I, I believe I kind of underestimate him. And then I realized that every fight I should train like it's the most important fight of my life. Like the guy in front of me, the up-and-comer, is the most dangerous guy. And Matt Sarah's what happened with Matsura, it became like my worst nightmare. I never wanted to happen ever again. You know, I was humiliated. It's my worst humiliation. I think it's one of the biggest upset, I believe, in the UFC history. It was like 11 to 1, the odds in Vegas. So when I had my rematch, my rematch against, against Matsura, I beat him and, and I performed very well. But that experience I had with Matsura, I remember when I fought Carlos Condit, I got kicked in the head and I got dropped on my butt. I got knocked down and I had a flashback of what happened with Matsero. What happened with Matsero, when I got dizzy, I wanted to go back into the slugfest immediately. But when I got kicked against Carlos Condit, I, I fall back. And I remember what happened with Matsero and the mistake that I did into that fight. And I told myself, because if I would have tried to stand up right away and get back into the fight, I would have probably got knocked out. So I accept, I step on my ego. I accept the fact that I got hurt. I took what we call the, the guard position on the floor, weathered a storm, you know, of the punches. I recuperate and, and then I came back and I won the fight. So the loss that I had with Matt Serra, it's probably the reason why I win against, I won my fight against Carlos Condit because I made the mistake once and I never made it again. Amazing, amazing, man. I love that story. Now, before we, before we wrap up, there's just one more uh, story I'd like you to share because I, I think I heard you tell it on the, the Joe Rogan experience. It's a very yes. touching story. Could not like a lot of people look at you and they think GSP's, you know, he's the, he's the man, he's the baddest man on the planet. No one can touch him, but you were actually bullied as a child, right? 
Yeah, I, I, uh, I had a lot of problems when I was at, I was at school. Um, I'm from a con I'm from the countryside, you know, I'm not from a city. I'm from a countryside. Uh, so I used to go in a, in, in, in a, in a, in a school, in a small community. And uh, they used to have a, a lot of the kids, they had a, a special program. They were called T, 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 G, T, G, T, G, A. Like uh, it's an abbreviation. It's for a kid, delinquent teenager that, that, that didn't made it to the, the next grade. They, they maybe they, they had to redo maybe twice the same grade, twice or three times the same grade. So they were much older than, than, than the kids. And they were in my school and I used to have a lot of problems with these kids and they used to bully me. So, so a lot of time when I was at school and, and instead of thinking of and focusing on what the teacher was saying in front of the class, I was focusing on, on how, how I'm going to get my, my books in my locker, then run to the bus before I get cut by the bully. Because when, all, most of my friends, they were intellectual guys. I'm an, I'm an intellectual person myself, but I was an athlete. I was, I've always been good in sport, which made me have problems with the, the, the guys in the school because I was good in, in sport, you know, so I, and I was hanging out with the intellect people, with not the cool group of people. So it made me a, a, a real target. Plus, I don't have any brothers, cousins that could defend me. I, I was by myself and I always defend my my friend who had problems my intellectual friend who had problems i always defend them i always got their back which was not the other way around and it frustrated me because I, when i was young it frustrated me because I, I i felt that when they were in trouble i was there for them but when i was in trouble they were not there and then I, it made me realize that courage there's different form of courage i'm myself courageous to go fight you know, that's who I am. I'm a warrior in, in, in spirit. But my friends, they were more intellectual. They might not be courageous to go fight, but when it's time to tell the truth to someone, which I'm not courageous, sometimes I'm, 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 I have to lie. I have to be to, to please people. I don't have the courage to tell them the truth. But my friend, they're courageous in that part of, uh, of our friendship. So, so, so I got a lot of problem bullying. And when you hang out with not 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 cool people, you're not a cool person. So it was a very different time than what I am right now. And and I believe the fact that I got bullied when I was young, all the the mind the, the mind game, the the intimidation helped helped me. It was negative at the time, but it turns out to be a big positive weapon later on in my life, especially in the fight sport that I gravitate because there's a lot of mental warfare in combat sport. And a lot of guys, they try to intimidate me, try to, to, to make me fight in a way that, I, that, that is not efficient with more emotion. And I believe because I was victim of bullying when I was young, I, I'm able to control myself way better nowadays and to, to deal with in the intim intimidation with the bullying that I face and, and fighting, it's nothing for me. It's a joke because I'm used to, to, to be bullied by guys that I know they are going to kick my ass because they're three older and bigger guys than me. And I'm fighting only one guy in a fight in a cage with a referee that is, uh, you know, that I believe I'm going to be beating him. It's nothing for me. So I believe it turns out to be a positive thing.
So bullying, it's it's a good thing for me right now. And man, years down the line, you mentioned that you know you actually ran into one of these guys who'd fallen on hard times, and you managed to let go of all that resentment, and you actually ended up giving him some money, man. What like what was it about yeah. you that just thought I'm gonna let this go? Yeah, there were there were a guy that, that used to. I, I, it was many guys that was beating me. Many guys, like I can tell you, so many stories. Like I got spit on, on, and I, you know, I, in Canada the advantage that we have, you know, like I, I can't complain because, you know, in Canada, where I where I where I grew up, there were no weapon. They, they, you know, you get a beating. It's it's the good old beating. You know, maybe there are two three guys, but you get a beating. There's no knife, nothing. It, in, in my days, when I was young, it was no knife. It was, it was a good old beating. When you fight a guy, you fight. Then after you move on, it's finished. You know, maybe after you have to fight his cousin or his friend, blah, blah, blah. But it's no weapon. That's why I, I, don't, I don't try to say that I'm, a, I'm an expert in bullying because now time has changed, you know, with the social media and everything. But there were a guy who used to beat me in the bus. He was like three years older than me and when you're young when you're like nine years old and the guy is 12 years old is a big difference than when you're for example 25 and 28 because one 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 is still a kid the other one is a teenager you know it's, it's a big difference in, in terms of strength and everything so one of the kid was beating me in the in the bus and he was stronger than me i couldn't get the i couldn't get the advantage he was he was better than me and i made it one mistake one time i told my dad about what happened because I always came back with scratches and stuff and my daddy grabbed me he said listen you're gonna tell me what's gonna gonna happen now and he took me out on the wall he said tell me what happened and I told him I said listen he's a, he's a kid in the in the in the bus I'm not gonna say his name but but yeah he's better than me and my my dad did did the unthinkable he <laughs> he went to to he found out where the kid lives he went to the house of the kid talked to his dad he said listen can you tell your kid to stop beating my kids up in the bus because my kid need to focus on school and the next morning I, the next morning I go back in the bus and the first thing he does is say, oh you went to cry to your daddy and then I got so angry because, I, because I'm a very proud person I run to him bang, 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 get into a fight in the bus it was a disaster but just to tell you that that I remember that my dad told me that when he went to see that kid who beat me up, he says that when he when he got there, he knocked at the door and his dad opened the door. He, he felt a very bad atmosphere in the house. We know now that the, this kid doesn't only live with his father and his father was an alcoholic who beat him up. So in a way, I don't hold any grudge towards that person because I was just a collateral damage. The, 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 the way he learned how to communicate from, from his dad, it's the same way he communicate with me. So I, I feel actually bad for him. And this kid, one time I was like, quite recently I was in the a, in a corner street and someone knocked at my door to begging for money. And it, that was him. That was him. I opened the window and he looked at me and he saw me with his eyes. He recognized me. He was, and I could see his, his jaw dropping. He was like, holy shit, you know, like, and then I say, I'm going to park my car. I parked my car and I could see in his body language, he was scared that I would beat him up, but I didn't want to do that. I asked him, I say, hey, what's going on? He said, oh, things are not going well and stuff. 
I said, listen, I gave him everything I had in my, like I had maybe like, I don't know, like 60, $70. I gave him, I said, listen, man, I remember you when you were young. Everybody wanted to be like you. You were cool. You were, you were tall. You were like the man. You were the coolest guy in the, almost in our school. And now look at you begging for money. Where is your pride? You know what I mean? You can achieve everything you want in life, you know? Like, get out of here. I don't ever want to see you here. I kind of threatened him. I said, I don't ever want to see you here. And then we, we, our paths separate. What happened is a few weeks after that incident, my parent told me that because he, I'm from a very small town. Everybody knows everybody where I'm from. That same guy, he came, knock at my parents' uh, house door to talk to me. And my parents said, George doesn't live there anymore. And they say, oh, uh, I just want to say that George uh, gave me kind of a pep talk and now I have a job, everything goes well. And uh, so I, it made me feel much better that, like make me feel like a revenge, so to speak, much better that if I would have seen him and beat him up for what he did to me when I was young. So, so it made me feel very good. And it's a true, true story. Like it, it looks like a Hollywood uh, scenario movie, but it's a really true story. And I'm very happy about that. It's, it's a beautiful story, man, and a beautiful way to wrap up this interview. Uh, man, thanks so much for spending the hour with me here. Um, I've been a fan of yours since I was a kid. You were one of my heroes growing up. Um, so this has been an absolute pleasure to speak to you today. And man, you brought some serious value to the podcast. And uh, I can't thank you enough for your time, sir. It's my pleasure. I wish you, uh, to you and all the, all the people that are watching and happy new uh, happy 2021 we will soon see the, the light at the end of the tunnel guys hang on stay hard and strong don't dip, don't don't dip, feel in dip, don't fall into depression stay strong thank you so much for listening to this episode of the freedom pact podcast if you haven't already please please head over to youtube and type in Freedom Pact or go to youtube.com forward slash Freedom Pact and subscribe to us on there. That is one of the best ways you can show your support for the show. And it can be some fun for you guys. It's also nice to watch these podcasts rather than just listen to them. Other than that, you can also check out our Healthy, Wealthy and Wise newsletter, which is absolutely free. That goes out every single Monday. And you can sign up at freedompact.co.uk forward slash newsletter. Thank you guys so much for listening. And if you have any guest recommendations or suggestions, email them to us. Get in touch at freedompact at gmail.com.